Hey everybody, it's Halloween! Yes! Welcome to Forbidden Cinema, our special Halloween edition. Yes, welcome, welcome. We promised you an extra episode of spookiness and we are here on Halloween day to deliver. Waking up on Sunday morning <laughs> to watch Poltergeist. Yeah, it was, it didn't really, we didn't watch it in probably its intended atmosphere. Um, I was eating breakfast. Eating breakfast. Uh, it's sunny outside. We have a purring kitten next to us. There was a lot of cozy things happening. Yes. I'm drinking coffee. In pajamas. Still, yeah. You know, yeah. Maybe not the best way to watch it. It was, it was, it had much more of a Christmas morning kind of vibe. <laughs> So let's get into yeah. it. What's your thoughts on where's this where's this in your history? Well, um definitely, you know, this is so this movie is 1982, so I was a little bitty baby, but um it's probably something that my parents saw. I mean, I think they were, you know, still watching things they were still watching movies, movie watching <laughs> adults without children really at that time. Um but this being a movie about the occult and kind of just like you know, it, it's it is really broad uh, when we're talking about the occult. You know, after watching this, but um, yeah, then, you can really see the Zelda Rubenstein scene getting shut off at your parents' house. Well, way before that, I mean, but then also just literally the the poltergeist curse. Like people that were in this movie died um, mysteriously and violently, and that I think really truly um is something that my my parents specifically my mother really puts together with this film like you don't mess with this stuff gotcha 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 yeah for me i know we had a screener of poltergeist three okay which uh looking over stuff here it appears is garbage and uh well i i in reading through um a, a little bit of of stuff after this to kind of read about the, the the curse and talking about one of the deaths associated with the curse is a man who plays a friendly ghost in the second one. I'm like, mm, okay, I already got a vibe about the second one if uh, we got a friendly ghost. The friendly ghost? I just thought think it was the preacher from the second one. I think it said a man that played a friendly ghost. Oh, gotcha. That, gotcha. That's what I read. It, I mean, I was reading. Oh, like, like the, the, the human incarnation of the beast who was like some weird evil priest in the second one. He died No, that's different. The, okay. That's and a then, different one. That's Kane. Yeah. And then Helen O'Rourke passed away, I think, before even completing principal photography on the third one. And they had to go back and finish with doubles. And yeah. I guess the original director didn't even want to finish the film. And the studio kind of did it without him. And... So yeah, it's probably a mess. It seems like everything that came after was a mess. But yeah, Poltergeist three was strictly forbidden in my household. Like it was okay. there in the drawer, but it was one of those. Why like, was it even there? I think it was just one that Dad brought home from, from Kroger Video. You know, <laughs> he brought home all. Of them. I'm surprised it didn't get destroyed. I mean, that, that's 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 my family the, didn't destroy things. We taped over them. That's the difference. We used them as blank tapes. We we put masking tape over the little hole that uh, to keep you from being able to record over the professional videotapes, and and we recorded things on them. Life hack. Um, that's the difference. Your house was just like we're not going to waste this. It could be full of demons, but we're going to just take over the demons right we're gonna tape um, over star we're gonna tape star trek five over and oops we left a little bit of strip to kill <laughs> on this. um at my house it would have been at the very minimalist just throwing them in the trash okay. but i feel like it would have gotten a larger um excommunication ceremony than that um, or a little bit more dramatic 
um, depending on the vibe of gotcha. what was happening. Gotcha. Yeah, moment. I think there's also a difference between like SP and EP and SLP. You get better picture quality and the but but less stuff on the tape. But you know, you tape a two hour movie over a two hour movie. But if you tape it in SLP, it all of a sudden you get six hours on the tape, and um, yeah, so there's still some of the other stuff left. <laughs> Which to me would seem like this tape is actually possessed since it has this underlying you know maybe creep through of some of the the pre the shadows of the previous movie no i think you're just too cheap to go buy another vhs tape and so you tape in the lowest uh, quality possible i get it i get it you're being real technical i'm trying to be funny <laughs> like spooky. no yes spooky vhs technology <laughs> I, I, th- I think the thing that really probably would have been the most when the, the, the boobies <laughs> when it creeped through. <laughs> That's probably what they would have, if they had realized that, they probably would right. have been more concerned. Right. That's true. That's funny. All right. So let's get into this movie. So we open on the Star Spangled Banner. Correct. I was like, like, should I stand up? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm eating breakfast. This is a weird time. Um, but then immediately we see the TV. I was like, oh, we're hitting end of broadcast. Going off the air. Will kids today no. ever? Do you guys know what that means? That means that a TV, like the TV stopped showing stuff. Like the, everybody said, good night, folks. You should go to bed. And we're going to say good night and, and play all these very patriotic. Uh, and then we I, just go to static or yeah. a test pattern or the little, you know, the little color bars or. Yeah. So when you're playing some of your real uh, throwback retro-y video games that have that weird p- picture on the, the TV screen that you come across, that means that's the end of broadcast. Like everybody's gone to bed. They'll start again in the morning all over again. So yeah, no 24 hour anything. I have on here the, the opening of uh, William Gibson's Neuromancer. The sky above the port was the color of a television tuned to a dead channel. And I mean, this is the Matrix, I believe, was first thing. Cyberspace, I believe, the first mm-hmm. time that word was ever used. The first uh, time cyberpunk, I believe, was ever wow. used. And just the beginning of this entire series of, of fiction styles. An entire genre was born there. And its opening line doesn't really mean anything anymore. Yeah, it's irrelevant. It, it's It's... It just says, like, no signal. You know, that's the right. that's what a dead channel looks like now. Yeah, it's just gone. Um, then I have immediately, so we've got going to static. Everyone is falling asleep in disarray. Um, there's, you know, people in bed with potato chips. Dad is holding a coffee mug that he then, like, kind of drops aside. And the dog introduces us to everyone. That's a pretty cool scene. It was a good scene, but I did, I did immediately write, like, the dog kind of, not on the prowl, that sounds bad, but knowing this it's a scary movie and the dog is the one on the move, I was like, it immediately made me nervous. I was like, what's going to happen to the dog? What's what's the dog going to find? What's the dog going to see? There's a, a website out there, doesthedogdie.com, and I usually check that out before I, <laughs> before I let you watch a movie. I appreciate that. I really didn't think so, but it was, you know, still just like intrinsically tying that together. Um, so then, you know, the dog inadvertently kind of wakes the little girl up she comes downstairs to the staticky tv and is talking to it and is talking to it like she's been doing this who knows how long oh that was creepy that was so creepy and everybody everybody wakes up and comes down and nobody really addresses it they're just watching it happen they don't even ask her any questions and yeah that was it's a it it stamps right there like this is 
really creepy. If we're making a five-minute short horror film, do that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, a slow build, and it builds really well. It's so powerful. Like, technically, nothing happens. Like, and it didn't need to. It didn't need to at all. Um, You know, so then then we have the next morning, and everything's fine. It's like a, I don't know, there's... I don't know. I guess it's a Saturday morning. I'm not really sure. There's football going on. There's Mr. Rogers happening. I don't know when that happens, but um, professional football is on Sunday, right? But I don't think Mr. Rogers is on Sunday, so I don't know what they're <laughs> what they're what they're what time they're doing that. Um, but also, like, could you buy beer on a Sunday though? Oh, good point. I don't know. Um, I mean, this was set in the West Coast. I assume it seems like it. Yeah, yeah. it seems so, like it. I, I think things are different over there. But yeah, so we're just in the neighborhood, you know, everybody's, everybody's... Yeah, we mentioned I grew up early, early childhood in Ohio where the grocery stores weren't even open on Sundays. Oh. Let alone liquor stores or whatever. The grocery stores weren't open on wow. Sundays. Wow. Yeah, I don't I don't have any memory of any of that. Great moments of dad unlocking the store and going in and opening up the Pac-Man machine and, and clicking the thing to where it's free and playing Pac-Man on Sunday <laughs> afternoon. That's fun. That's a fun memory. So, you know, everybody's kind of doing their thing on on a sun- Sunday morning, Saturday morning, whatever. Uh, and There is some Spielberg creeping into this very. scene. This scene. There's kids playing with their cars, tripping the dude over, who we didn't even realize until we got to the uh, end credits is Dirk Blocker. Yes. Nine nine. Nine, nine. nine nine. He's so great, too. And it's, it's perfect for him. It seems like he's really dialed into a character. He's riding a bike holding a case 48 of 48 like, you know just to the side kids trip him um with their their remote control cars beer hits the ground it's spraying everywhere he just picks up what he can pick pick up and runs in <laughs> to catch the game that gets interrupted by remote controls um being ra- the radio frequency of remote control from the next door neighbor switching theirs back and forth to uh, Mr. Rogers. That is amazing. Which I gotta say that, like, because we, we 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 meet this neighbor a little bit more, who's you know just kind of seems like a tough guy. Why is he not watching football? That seems very out of character for a guy who kind of has this this vibe in the '80s. He's like, my kids want to watch Mr. Rogers, and they're like, and then they're just pointing remote controls at each other and going back and forth and back and forth. It's a weird. Weird macho moment. Yeah, there's a weird dad competition, yeah, suburban thing going very on. Very much. Um, it could have, it could have been, it could have gone on a little bit more. It would have been funnier. Like I think we could have seen it a few other times, but then it becomes very. I think once we get into more spooky things happening, it becomes very much like the walls of the house and the people inside the house. We don't really meet many other people, which is why when we saw Dark Blocker in the in in the credits, we're like, we where was how, he? Where did we even see him? But. So then I have that mom finds the peri- the canary dead in the cage. And she's like, man. She's so annoyed. She's so annoyed. I mean, <laughs> it has, it has to be this. annoying. And she almost flushes it down the toilet. I'm like, I, I'm sorry. I'm not even thinking like that's just rude and cruel. Like that's just not what your plumbing is built for. I just see the old plumber there smoking his cigar. Like I never seen nothing like it. <laughs> oh, so then they, you know, they the little girl catches her. So they go through a little, you know, burial process that I mean is obviously foreshadowing in some sort of way. Well, because the the bulldozer when they're digging the pool. 
pushes it over. Like yeah, it disturbs the grave. Exactly, disturbs the grave that's like you know four inches under the ground. Which I'm I'm surprised that the dog whose name I have no idea what it is. Um, it has. It's like e-boss or something weird. It's supposed to seem creative, I guess, but I don't even know what it is. Is it some sort of spirit? I don't know. But uh, yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't already absconded with it because he was real interested. So then we've got... um, little brother who's got some excellent 80s teeth Um, oh my goodness excellent (laughs) 80s teeth excellent 80s bed sheets excellent 80s toys so much so much he's checking out this weird tree and it doesn't seem like it's in their yard to me at first it just seems like hey look at that weird tree i need to climb it that's what (laughs) the vibe was to me um but he gets up there and it is real weird like i can't decide what they're trying to accomplish with it just at first no i don't really see any leaves on it there's no leaves it's it's almost like a totem pole to a certain degree which is maybe what it's trying to be in a very um non-specific emblematic sort of way but we see a storm coming in he's he's creeped out by it but i don't know exactly why i think in 1976 to 1982 land developers who are out there just desecrating native burial grounds for Mm -hmm. fun on a friday night (laughs) are probably not going to leave that tree no no but but then that but then craig t craig t coach yeah um he the little little brother kind of says like i don't like the tree he says he's like it knows i live here like (laughs) What does that mean? <laughs> I don't think I don't think that Robbie gets enough attention here in this movie because Robbie has some pretty traumatic things happen, and everybody's just like, "Yeah, let's blow, let's let's blow by him while he's catatonic." We're <laughs> so worried about Caroline. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. But that's a real creepy thing to say. It knows I live here, <laughs> and and I'm pretty sure which. I don't think they do a good job where there's maybe too many things going on in the scene. I'm pretty sure Craig T says something about they left the tree on purpose. We put the, we put it like it's, it's here to protect us. Or right. Whatever. Like knowing. Wrong. Right. Exactly. Um, so but knowing kind of that this was land because they don't for the description of this movie to be that they built this development on native barrel ground. They do not really hone in on that. It's really more about cemeteries mm-hmm. and not Native Americans. Um, so, I mean, I think that that may be part of it. It's like they really crossed a lot of lines in this development. And they got sc- We're just desecrating graves everywhere. Right. You know? like, yeah. Like, it's my land. <laughs> I think there's a South Park episode, kind of a divergence, but... They have the Indian burial ground pet store where all the murderous <laughs> pets are coming from. Like, you built this on an Indian burial ground? Like, Actually, no, we uh, we dug them up and turned them upside down and peed on them first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what it kind of seems like is happening here. Right. It's like, well, yeah, of course. No big deal. I'm curious. I don't think we're going to do a going deeper on this, but I may include it on a later one. I'm a little curious as to where the trope of the native burial ground came from. It might be from this. Is it from the, or is it ancient? I don't know. Is it 1800s? Is it, it, I have no clue. I'm not really sure. I mean, I, I I know. Yeah. And it's like guys, like, I mean, it's, it's holy ground. Right. And, and the idea of desecrating and messing with holy ground, you know, in lots of religions and belief systems is, you know, it's probably been there a while. So I don't know why all of a sudden that, that kind of became an other type of thing. Yeah. We might have an addendum in our next going deeper and, and, and mention that. All right. So then we're back inside. We're getting ready for bed. Why is that clown doll so big? It's like why the is size it of an adult. Watching him sleep. 
Why? Like, who wants a demon clown in right? their bedroom? Sorry, guys. Clowns, clown, clowns out of the world. People who are interested in clowning. I mean, Ronald McDonald's not really going on all that much anymore. Bozo, no. Rest, no. rest in peace, Bozo. Kids aren't really into clowns anymore. Really, the only people that are into clowns are people of a certain age who are into kind of a history of jocularity and gesturing <laughs> and. But this is this is this is the eighties. This is leftover seventies. People where the clowns were all over the seventies. That's true. Yeah, like this is still. I mean, I remember, and this is weird. I think about it. I remember going to the the Ringling Brothers Circus, and I loved the clowns. We had like a a, a program, and my mom. I, I, I remember going through and she would say, I don't remember actually doing this, but I remember looking at this program a lot that I learned all the clowns and their names. Like, because I guess there were the characters associated with, you know, you didn't have really the names of the other performers, mm-hmm. but you had the clowns. They're like who you're supposed to know. So I don't know. It still seemed like an innocent time. Um, I love his bedroom though. I mean, the Empire Strikes Back sheets, yeah. the, all the Star Wars toys. Here, here's the thing, guys. I'm a little older than someone who would have had Star Wars toys, but Star Wars was still awesome. No, you're not older. Or than a little younger. younger so a little yeah. younger than someone who would have had Star Wars toys. You know, everybody's like older brother had mm-hmm. Star Wars toys. There were no Star Wars toys when I was seven to nine. That just wasn't a thing. And it was a very early kind of collectible days. So some old Star Wars toys still in the package in their perfect condition. Whatever. We're going for monster, monster money. And so nobody was selling their old Star Wars toys uh, at, at yard sales because everybody thought they were worth a lot. And right. You know, just a random Luke Skywalker missing one arm isn't worth anything. Right. But, well, it's, it's worth something to somebody. <laughs> but yeah, there were no Star Wars toys for me to play with and real tragedy of my life. Because then 10 years later, Star Wars toys everywhere. You know, oh, retro toys. Right, right. <laughs> so yeah, the only years in my life where I would have wanted them, they were not available to me. That happens. That that's forbidden. You know, that's that's nostalgia. You know, all of a sudden, for three hundred dollars, I could have an arcade cabinet upstairs that has every game ever, and I just don't really have enough room for it. You know, it's. <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's just just there's some things that stick with people, and that's why it gets brought back in that way. But then it it's not the same. Or people are like, oh, it's it, you know, the people who are purists, like, oh, it's not it's not the same as the old stuff. But the reason they're bringing it back is is it's so popular to you. And anyway, yeah. That's that's the way right, that works. I spent works. forty dollars and bought every issue of Playboy magazine ever. How many sixteen-year-old boys <laughs> in the seventies, eighties, nineties? Oh man, traded an arm for that. <laughs> it's like tell us what you know. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, so we we move we move on from everybody being put to bed, and we move to parents' bed. So Joe Beth and Craig T. Um, I really loved it. Like they're having just a fun, like adult, intimate moment. They're kind of being silly. He's reading a book called Reagan, the man, the president as he's like lying across the bed. Um, they're smoking weed, which I thought was like really just underplayed. Mm -hmm. I feel like. They probably found that when they were looking, digging through a cigar box for the bird. Probably, that probably so. Probably was from before they had kids, you know? right? Because they're they are pulling it like they have another cigar box in that, and that's that's where they're getting the stuff out. So yeah, they're being a little reminiscent, maybe. But the conversation gets really weird 
but they're also like a little high. So I don't know if they're just brushing off the fact that mom had some sort of spiritual stuff when she was a kid, Mm -hmm. like that she experienced some sort of things or talked to, you know, imaginary friends or whatever, that she at one point sleepwalks for four blocks, gets in some stranger's car, falls asleep. Like, man, they find her like at his workplace the next morning, like in the car. She's screaming. He's like arrested. And like, it's hilarious. They think it's hilarious that like, you know, maybe she was abducted and molested. Like, ha ha, can you believe it? And like, but why, why would everyone assume that she slept walk for four blocks? Like, gonna be honest, the more reasonable thing is that she was abducted um and that still seems like the jury's out to me but they think it's hilarious they're laughing about it it's so strange but then she's like super worried all of a sudden about about carol ann is carol ann going to start doing that and is she going to fall into the pool that we haven't we've we've, we're building that we're starting to dig literally like tomorrow um and that's something that's in in her brain that she's afraid of and he's like it'll be fine and you know it'll be totally fine and then apparently i guess maybe he was a high school diving champion or something something like that but it's funny because they're giggling and it's silly and like you don't get to see that a lot in movies like this you know parents are parents Mm -hmm. they're not adults like with relationships and and all of that right normally in a movie like this if they did have a relationship it would be frayed and strained it would. It'd be it, tenuous. it's kind of fun to see friend to two grown-up friends you yeah know? they're they're very much in love and you know things are going well and they're they have their kids and they're really invested in their kids but it's this movie does weirdly does not revolve around the kids even though it could easily Yes, Spielberg was trying. I think Toby Hooper of uh, <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre fame manages to uh, to pull Spielberg back a little bit. Like, no, Steve, it's not a kid's movie. Right. Yeah, he, he definitely, I mean, I, I definitely kind of thought that the tree, going back to that, made me think of um, Close Encounters for mm. some reason. I mean, I think, you know, where the neighborhood is set, it, it had that vibe, definitely. I mean, people like to say that, Toby Hooper maybe didn't really direct this. He didn't really get the chance to because, I mean, Spielberg produced it. He, It's a story he wrote. It's a screenplay he wrote. So I'm sure he had a lot of opinions. I'm sure. I'm sure. Then we have it a habit again. Everybody's in bed. The storm, um, storm is going, you know, kid is nervous about the tree dad um he comes in dad teaches him about counting um towards the storm you know if i wonder if that's why i know that could be because probably i'd never hadn't seen this movie but somebody i knew probably learned it from this movie probably didn't learn it from just random meteorological whatever <laughs> you know weather talk um maybe so but I also think it kind of goes both ways. It's like, oh, well, now I know the storm is moving farther away from me. Yay. Now, now I know it's getting closer. Um, but anyway, they all end up in bed. So that's a funny, funny scene there. And that is there's a lot of funny moments in this movie that I would not have expected. So I was waiting for the girl, though, when he, when they were in there teaching that scene. And she was like, hey, take a message for me. I was waiting for her to have a creepy message for him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what the person on the telephone said. You know? <laughs> Yeah, we haven't really, I mean, we kind of completely glossed over it. They're talking, they talk a little bit about the weirdness, but um, then. They're then, in bed. Mm-hmm. And I have the note, like, that's the second TV on the floor that we've seen in this house. Oh, yeah, that's I, true. I miss that. I miss TVs that were just on the floor. TVs are all on the wall or up or equal to your field of view now, but for 
years they were on the floor yeah they just and their consoles all supported by their their veneer um yeah so we've got our same situation we, we have end of broadcast we go to static um carolyn wakes up again we hear the voices a little bit more this time we hear like you know the underlying you know little whispers and but it doesn't wake anybody else up, which I was like, I can't believe that. That static was extreme flashing. I mean, all over the place. That I would I also want to go into when and why are strobe lights? When and why? Like, like when were they invented and why? Are they for some sort of scientific research oh, on I don't know. watching things in slow motion? Or are they I, – I have no idea why did somebody come up with a strobe light? I really don't know. Is it a club thing? Is it a dance thing? Is it a... I I don't know. Yeah, because it... it, It's really just a Halloween thing now. That's what it feels like now. Yeah, all kind of special effect. Um, But nobody wakes up. And she touches the TV and spirits jump out. And it to me, I wrote down that it looks very much like Ghostbusters. Hmm. I felt like the effects on all of this when it came to the spirit type of effects oh, felt very were very much. Ghostbusters. I, I think Ghostbusters, Ivan Reitman was watching this. I have later on like, too bad. This is two years before the Ghostbusters. They could have just called them. <laughs> That's true. Instead, which, oh, we'll get to. I'm kind of proud of this note when we get to the paranormal team. Okay, okay. Um, but so, yeah, the flashing of the tents, I don't know why anybody wouldn't have woke up. Um, then then it's next morning. Um, no, Nobody, oh, she, oh, they, they wake up and she says, they're here. Creepy. That's, right. I think, the one thing I knew from this. Yeah. And, and the, you know, Carol Ann, don't go into the light. That's about the extent of it. Yeah, I, I knew they're here. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I knew some of the effects later on. I, I knew the Misfits why. song. <laughs> Caroline, the beast is calling Caroline. Caroline. Sorry. Um, so they were in the morning. It's breakfast. Um, you know, Caroline is like staring at the little TV. Actually, she turns it to the static. I don't know if you noticed that. Yes, that's creepy. Um, you know, we've got. Because they're watching what film critic guy with the fro and the crazy mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, everybody's eating breakfast. They're, you know, fighting like kids. There's a little bit of weird, like glass breaks. Um, Robbie notices some spoons and fork are bent on their own, but nobody really They're says eating waffles and cereal and half a grapefruit. That well, is the most 82 breakfast of all time. It is. Everybody, all of everybody needs part of your complete stuff. breakfast. We have to have 17 carbs, <laughs> and a little teeny bit of fruit. Fruit, fruit. Um, surprised there's no juice. I didn't see any juice. Um, so then everybody's getting ready to go to or going to school. We've got workers there starting to dig the pool. Dominic Dunn comes out. Dominique Dunn comes out. She, and they are ogling her so hard. Like, I love you. Blah, blah, blah. And she she gives it to him. She like, you know, but mom was watching this. She laughs when she flips them off. But nobody's like, uh-uh, get off my property. You're not going to talk to my daughter that way. Like, I mean, she's in... Like, she's getting ready to get on her bike. She looks, you know, it's not a sexy thing. It's kind of a schoolgirl thing. But even then, like, I'm sorry. What the heck? Like, like she's 16. Like, coach is going to come home and kick your ass. I mean, it's ridiculous. Nobody seems, it's like, aha, you know, that's another thing. Chalk it up to 80s movies and 80s thoughts. And know, that's just construction workers being construction workers yelling at ladies. I mean, and also, too, being sadly kind of the same mentality that leads to her early, early death, which we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, then we've got kitchen table magic. Um, Carol Ann is, you know, glued to the, 
the static mom says don't you know oh that'll 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 i don't know she says ruin your brain ruin your eyes whatever and turns into something super violent i don't know what it was but then with a wilhelm scream of yes course. Wilhelm scream. she's fussed at them about pushing their chairs in because the dog is on the table it eats the waffles um but then she looks back she's cleared the table and then the chairs are pulled back out and she's like did you do that no like and then so there's the whole thing. She turns, and then the ta- the chairs are stacked. That is such a cool shot. It's very cool. It's very creepy. But the mom's excited. <laughs> like, she's super excited. And I think that this, like, I don't, I want to know more about what she experienced as a child. Mm-hmm. Because this doesn't scare her. Not at first. No, she's like, coach comes home, and she's, you know, doing the chair, moving across. And coach is unimpressed by your parlor games. Uh, he, he's scared. He's thinking, like... Oh, like, what's the trick? And then when he's realizing there's no trick, he's scared. She's thinking this is a playhouse. Yeah, he's he's scared of it. And she she even asked Carol Ann, she's like, the TV people? And Carol Ann's like, yeah. She's like, do you see them? She's like, no. Do you? Like, I mean, so, so we're already dialed in very quickly um, that that there's stuff afoot. Um, but yeah, then... Craig, t- Craig comes home. She's mapped it on the floor. She's got like a circle here and a circle there. And, you know, like how, what do we even do? She's like kind of manic. A little bit, yeah. With, with, with this. So, yeah, he's scared. They're like, I don't know what's going on. They go over to the neighbors. All right. So I have on here, they're getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. I don't know if it is supposed to be some sort of nod to their their being the mosquitoes are attracted to them due to everything that's going on or it just is what it is and neighbor same neighbor weird tough guy who who's not watching football is holding his plate and eating and he says like never been affected by mosquitoes in fact i don't think anybody else in my family has hey kid have you ever been eating my mosquitoes it's a weird flex <laughs> what kind of flex is it that your family's never been bitten by a mosquito it's so strange like we taste wretched <laughs> yeah, maybe that's like, it. We, we, we have we have death blood it's so strange it's like huh that's a weird it's just a weird flex and it's so they're they're really getting bitten i mean so much so that they're like being covered in calamine lotion for just a split second they don't want to keep that for very long but yeah, it, that I just thought that was really really funny. Um, then, then things really escalate quickly. Definitely, I don't have any notes until the paranormal investigators get to their house. I was okay. just watching the movie. I, I mean, just that's, have, I couldn't even. You know, there's just everything is going wacko. All I really have is that you know, a kid gets literally almost eaten by a tree. You know the. Uh, and so, you know, it keeps pulling at like him. Twice. Twice. Like the tree comes through the windows. Um, you know, it grabs him. I didn't even realize that at first. And then Craig T, I'm like, why is he running outside? And then, okay, the kid's in the tree and the tree is like trying to assimilate him. And, you know, he's getting all bloody and whatever. But then all that happens, they finally save him and they're like, where? Everybody's outside. Where's Carol Ann? They all run inside and he's just, kid just standing there bloody <laughs> and it is jammies and just like just like covered in goop (laughs) right and like everyone's just running past him and he he goes back into the house and he's standing in doorways and they're just running like it's like it's the look on his eyes he's doing he's acting a lot without doing anything he's fantastic but i'm just it's like everybody forgot that that just that just happened um 
yeah, then everything's being pulled into the closet, and that's it's terrifying. I mean, she's you know she's holding on for dear life to her bed frame. Her, her little wicker bed frame really holds on way longer than I thought it would. Um, but but yeah, and then then she's gone, and I don't know how much time has passed. Like think about that. Um, she's gone. This happens. The next scene we see is. Um, Craig T talking to a ragtag pack of paranormal <laughs> investigators. We have Tootsie, DeBarge, and Charles in charge. Okay. But so then, but he looks terrible. He's got, you know, dark, dark circles. They've locked the door. They don't, and, and they just, they haven't gone in there since. Like that's, they don't say how much time has passed. Their daughter is gone. They have not gone to the police. She's been missing school. He's been missing work. And we don't know how long they've just been living with these things His happening. His sweater is not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> and he's wearing that in multiple scenes. And it is just, yeah, no, not okay. But so they come to the house it's so funny. Like this is another like so good for laughs. I mean, these paranormal people are are, are just like you'd expect. You know, pre Ghostbusters too. Yes, yes. Um, saw the, the the Matchbox car go seven inches over the course of seven hours. Seven hours, I think <laughs> he said. Like it's like you wouldn't have been able to see it with a naked eye, but I have it in recording and I've watched it. Uh, you know, sped up. And Craig T's face, he's just like, <laughs> okay. They just open that door. They open the door, and then like everything in the room is spinning and floating, and everything's just like it's just this. And they're they're just staring at it. They can't believe it. They are so in over their heads. Um, yeah, it's I it's really crazy. Think I don't know how long this uh, the script for Ghostbusters had been floating around, but the cinematography in it really owes something to this movie. You were talking about like how mm-hmm. the ghost looked like, but even the, the comedy bits. It's like, what if we run with those moments? Well, because I there's think... a lot of comedy bits in this to kind of ease up on the tension. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what if we just make it mostly those? Well, I think that the original script had no comedy bits because um, Dan Aykroyd believes all of that. Oh, that's true. He, yeah. was, he was just trying to write a... A story of things that he <laughs> believes. Um, so there was no no comedy. Sorry. Um, I see what you did there. <laughs> That's like the one thing I retain from my Cleveland accent is saying sorry, kind of like that. And Jenny laughs at me every time that we watch Ghostbusters and, and Dan Aykroyd says that. And sorry, I can't get my pages turned. <laughs> They seem to be sticking. So I have the paranormal investigator lady with the flask. She's my kind of guy. <laughs> she is. She's really interesting. I don't see how they found each other, like I said. And going to say, throw it out there, I think I had a really funny um, representation of them, and you didn't laugh at me. I'm sorry. Anyway. I'm sorry. I mean, come on. Where did these people <laughs> find each other? They don't go together at all. Oh, I love them, though. They're it's, great. I love it. But It's... it's- Three weirdos in academia who are into this, mm-hmm. and that's how they found each other because they're into this. Yes, it's not because they have anything alike in anywhere outside of, of this. It's that's just that's who is interested in paranormal psychology. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. But like I said, we don't know how much time has passed. But the family is like they are all reacting in different ways, but they're all used to it. Like. Like, oh, just wait, you're going to hear that knock two more times. Oh, wait, you're going to see that flash one more time. It's it's so ubiquitous now. And, of course, the paranormal people are just like, 
they're wide-eyed and crazy, but they quickly get to normal too in the same night. They quickly get to normal. They see all of that. They're talking through a bunch of stuff. They're going to set up, you know, cameras. They're, um, you know, they're talking. Mom and Tootsie and, you know, Robbie are talking too many whispers, going to say, for too much whispering for a scene that we're supposed to <laughs> take some information from. Can I just ask you this question, though? And this is a little off topic, but not so much. Okay. How many nights did it take you before you realized that a cat is going to lick you on the face until you roll over and then it's going to take over your pillow? And that's just one of the annoying things about this house now. Not very long. Not very, exactly. You adjust to things like that pretty quick. True, but I know what they are. <laughs> I know what it is, and it's not just. And our daughter is still missing. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if the, it, but that's just living in this house. You know, the, I think it's amazing what you get used to. True. And like, oh yeah, that door doesn't work, or oh yeah, that whatever. I, I oh, that like, light switch doesn't totally work. Like sometimes the lights just stay on. Yeah, yeah like. You know, maybe we have a ghost. I don't know. I just <laughs> figured it was some sort of electrical thing, but. But yeah, so then, um, like it totally, what did, I can't read my own writing. Oh, okay. Then I just have like, totally not a deal that the kid is in the TV. Like, like, we're just going to talk to Carol Ann and let you hear like, hold on a second. Like, and she's in the damn TV. Like, it's like, w that's how we've been talking to her over the last week, two weeks, a day and a half, longer than a day and a half. Definitely, um, but w really weird amount of time for us to just like now. This is our life now. Yeah, I'm, I'm going on probably about a week, and yeah, it, it, it's their response is bonkers. It's very bonkers. I don't know. I mean, I guess part of it he doesn't say this, but he's like a representative of the neighbor of all these neighborhoods that are being sold, and so um, I, I don't. They don't immediately know it's because it's the house and the location of the house, but I guess he's so pro. I mean, everybody knows him, everybody, you know, and the reputation of it. They don't want anybody to know. Um, they do say that multiple times, or he says that multiple times, that we don't want any publicity about this. We don't really want to go to the police, um, but they're not careful. Someone's going to go on the to the police for you because your child has not been seen in many, many days, and you haven't been going to work, and you're just kind of seeing like, I mean, later on when um, developer guy is like, oh, yeah, she, you know, I guess your your youngest is in missing school too. some some other old girl in the preschool program is like, I didn't see her when I came to the house. Like, she's around is what he says. <laughs> like, Ooh. I would just say like, oh, she was upstairs. Like I would have that, that that sounded like not a lie, but also too flippant of a response. Right. She's watching TV, you know. Yeah. It just says <laughs> that's even worse. Um, OK, I have like down here. It's like mom and they're talking, you know. Carolina of TV. Mom is almost euphoric. Um, Dana, um, Dominique Dunn, is crying. Craig T looks like hell. And the kid is just loopy. He's still in shock from, I mean, from being eaten by a, a tree. But like everybody is. He's the is only just, one responding to this trauma the way you should. This is true. He is. I mean, and probably Dana, too. I mean, she's like, I don't know what she thinks. She seems like she's old enough to have a little bit of input into the situation. But she doesn't really get it. But I mean, everybody is. Yeah, everybody looks terrible. And or it's crazy. But she's. Yeah, mom. Mom, it almost feels like mom is going to take a, a little bit of an evil turn at some point because of how strangely she's reacting to all this. But that doesn't really happen. So then, then it gets. <laughs> I laughed out loud at this too. And we both did. 
it gets quiet. Everybody's kind of bedded down. They're all in the living room. Nobody wants to be upstairs. And the mom is like, it's times like this when it's quiet. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm just embarrassed. I'm embarrassed that you're here. It's like, as if they all didn't witness, like, <laughs> you know, there is no Dana, only Zool, like loud moment that everyone heard. Um, and like, everything's floating and flying. And, and we've got it on video. Every, all these things that have happened. It's like, oh. I know you feel it's all right. Like, you know, it's such a weird, a weird thing. It's like, sorry, I didn't have time to dust, you know? Basically, like, oh, you must think I'm, I'm just overreacting. Just silly woman. I'm so silly. My daughter's on the TV. It's crazy. You saw it, but it seems crazy now to have worried you over yeah, yeah, this. Yeah, sorry, sorry to have inconvenienced you so much. Oh my gosh. Only bringing you to the only actual paranormal activity you've probably ever experienced instead of things that you've convinced yourself that were paranormal activity, like cold spots and, you know, <laughs> static feedback. Um, but sorry. Sorry that you've been waiting your whole life for this. All right. So then... you have anything before midnight snack? Um, No. Who keeps a steak uncovered just in the refrigerator? Well, it's their, that- it's their house. They can do whatever they want to do. Paranormal guy who's been there for T minus eight hours. Who thinks he has the right to like sizzle up a steak like in a house that one, first of all, you're there for a reason. Did we not know about food safety back then? I mean, he just throws it on the counter. <laughs> Well, I thought it was a package. Like, I thought, like, when he first got it out, I thought it was a package of ground beef that he put on the counter until it started crawling on the counter. I didn't realize that it was a giant, like, ribeye or something. Um, But, yeah, too rude. Super rude. Like, who do you think you are making yourself at home, eating a chicken wing? Um, I think you get what you get, personally. (laughs) Um, Good. But it... And but that's also too. That's how quickly they get relaxed. Like they've got all the videos going. Um, but Debarge is listening to, you know, his heads, his head, headphones. He's not really paying attention. Like, wouldn't you be just glued? What is next? It's getting. He's it's, drawn his little picture of the of the stairs lady. And... Yeah. Um. Which have we been really seen the stairs lady yet? I mean, I'm getting a little. A little mixed up on what's come down the stairs yet. But I don't know. I don't know. I thought it looked more like the head paranormal lady, but kind of. Maybe we got a little. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but so long nights. <laughs> yeah, they quickly are like, huh, oh, just just another stakeout. You know, you're there for a reason, and I would be like, oh my gosh, I'd be afraid to move from where everybody is, like what's going to happen. But I think what's really interesting about this one scene, so the stake starts to crawl, then it starts to like, rep- I, I don't know. Rupture ooze. Like, yeah. like, it's like it's opening up on itself. I don't know. Then then the chicken wing he just had in his mouth has maggots. He goes to wash his hands and they like, kind of like spit it out. And we have some weird. There's some Cronenberg happening. Ooh, gross body horror. Like he's just picking his face off and then it's gone. And that's the only sequence we have that someone's mind is being really truly being messed with. And I would imagine in most most of these movies are not like they're not things that are figments of your imagination or that the spirits have like made you see something that wasn't there. But it's the It's actually happening. Yeah. Everything else is actually happening. So it's a strange thing, you know, and if I could see in movies that really did a little bit more character development us getting to know them. And maybe that's a fear Mm -hmm. Um, because the Zelda lady 
Um, like it knows your worst fear. Like exactly. That. that seems like that's some sort of weird thing. And if they all had an individual moment of seeing their worst fear. This um, movie was getting up to two hours. If we take another six, eight minutes for that. It, but man, that's, that's a... I think that that's that would have been that would have made more sense. Um, otherwise, it was just gross for the gross sake, um, and nothing else is really that gross in this movie. No, that was definitely. I mean, and I guess this is pre PG thirteen, but that was, yeah, was that was pushing it. It was. It was. I mean, like he's completely tearing off his own face. Um, so there's a lot of blood. There's no real blood other than you know being scraped up by tree, you know, carn- uh, carnivorous trees. Um, that yeah, I feel like uh, Steven Spielberg has been had been trying for years to get, to make another film rating. I, mean, I think Jaws had trouble <laughs> with PG PG thirteen. Indiana Jones or the mm-hmm. yes Raiders of the Lost Ark was a bit of a sticky point, and I think finally, 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 like Temple of Doom, I got it. <laughs> Did Spielberg have anything to do with the Goonies or the Gremlins? He, yes, he had something to do with the Goonies, but Gremlins. Or is I that don't completely know. Completely absent him. I don't know. Yeah, either do I. I mean, he didn't direct it, but you know, he had his fingers in a lot of in a lot of productions at the time. But yeah, finally Temple of Doom, like got it. And so <laughs> So yeah, so that's super gross. Um and then we've got then we've got basically what feels like the Titanic has come back um to Roost <laughs> with all the people coming down the stairs. Doesn't it, it didn't it feel like that like um, Cheech Mariner on yes, the pier, yes. and we've got uh, all the ghosts walking in. Never. But it didn't look that way until the playback. It looked like one being mm-hmm. down the stairs, um, and then when they look at the playback, it's it, it's multiple people. We kind of see some heads. We kind of see a, a lot of different people walking down. Um, but one thing I was thinking about, so we have the the trope, I guess of you know disturbing um native burial ground and that kind of having this 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 whole thing then then we have this whole idea of all these souls that are kind of in limbo but how long was that that cemetery there like i don't know what everybody's belief system is on when a soul finds heaven or the light or whatever or how long you're supposed to be like in the ground before that happens or we, 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 what we find out is you're still there's all still in the ground um but so why now is it the pool they'll have a problem with the pool <laughs> I, I i don't know but oh yeah i guess i guess i get what you're saying that the, this neighborhood has been there for a minute yeah like, why this is phase they, one i mean carolan is six is it five is it, like, i think five, five. yeah I think that they make a big point of Caroline being born in the house. I don't know if that somehow had. There's, there's a lot of birth imagery, I think. True. In this. I there mean, is. You've got the tree swallowing the kid. You've got them in the bathtub at the end. I feel like there is a lot of birth imagery in this. I wonder if that. Had, but still, it's been five years ago. Right. So why now? Like, why what? is this not like a baby getting stole? I mean, why are we not like having Oscar getting stole? <laughs> The goofy the looking kid. tried to eat Oscar. It did. It did. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of similar. The pink, the pink ooze. I mean, that's Ghostbusters too. But um, yeah, I don't know why things are so like sticky. And it had like, like mm. but yeah, I'm just curious. Like, why now? You know, some of these souls. Or, you know, they talk about the portal and like all these artifacts kind of fall out, and we've got like 
you know, stuff from like the early 19th century and then things from like not that long ago, which can't be possible. Like, if, which is like a few years ago, if the house has been there for, I mean, if we're really talking about literally the, the people that are buried under that house. Anyway, there's a there's a lot of like, why, why is this even happening to begin with? My eyes are starting to glaze over just a little bit. Sorry. That's all right. We can... <laughs> I'm as confused as you. I don't know what else to say about it. All right. Okay, so I just have like events. So there, we don't want anybody to know this happened. But the tree went through the house. When did that get fixed? Um, when did like, these aren't those kind of things, like, like, the, like the face. It's not like the tree went through the house and then it came back out and like, like nothing ever happened. Like there's actual damage to this house being done throughout this. And we... And we don't have anybody fixing it. We don't have anybody talking about it. We don't have any like rumors of like, oh, what happened? Like, oh, that big crazy storm. Because the tree even went away. The tree got like pulled up by like some phantom tornado. But anyway, um, but I do have that. Joe Beth's hair looks fantastic. <laughs> like her hair she looks does. so good. It's just like fluffy and full. And I mean, crazy too. It would have been easy to have some hair that didn't age well. Right. It just looks, it, it just looks, that's the way her hair is, but it, it looks flawless. Even though all this is happening, she, she looks fantastic. It's weird to see coach. There's a little miss in there, mm-hmm. but he is not a bald man at this time. No, no, and he's not. That is, that is a weird thing to see. I expected seeing this to either see him bald or to see him like Bruce Willis in, in 96 kind <laughs> of territory there. But no, this was this was a respectful uh, uh, hairline or Joey Pants. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 It's a Joey Pants, a risky business. That was weird. Didn't yeah. feel, didn't feel right. Anyway, so then we've got developer guy like checking in on them, um, coming up to take him to the big Vista because uh, we don't want to lose him. They think that, you know, maybe he's, he's entertaining some of their offers because it sounds like they, did they say he sold 42%? We see that he has. We see him selling one. Yeah, it's the exact. It's like it's it's that house. Well, it, we it's have the it same a, set. Ex- you know. Yeah, exactly. It's like the kitchen table. The chairs are stacked, and then they're in that exact same floor plan. You know, empty as a new house. So that great was, scene. That was really, really done well. Good scene. Yeah. Um, so he takes him up on this vista. We're getting ready to start phase five. We want to give you this space, your beautiful home. You can look out over this whole domain. Um, and then we pan out and it's literally next to a cemetery, <laughs> which is the first time we're actually realizing that that's happened. Um, he's like, oh, you know, there's not really room for a pool. It's like, oh, we'll just, we'll, we'll just move it down the street. He's like, really? Like, that seems like, oh, we've done it before. Like, yeah. oh. Really? Like, and he says, it's not like it's a native, <laughs> native burial ground. He literally says that. Like, wait, but didn't you do both? Like, I'm, I'm, I don't know. So much sacrilegious things happening here. Um, then he's like, that's a nice offer. Thank you. But not sure that that's really the right fit for us. So then Tootsie comes with backup. And it is little lady. Uh, Zelda Rubinstein, which I, I kind of said, you know, it's not a, a scary movie without her. But I went back to her IMDb and I don't really think she's in anything scary other than this franchise. No, I think she's mostly I, she was in. We discussed earlier uh, Little Witches. Yeah, she was she in Little in Witches. That, that, uh, she's the organist in Sixteen Candles during uh-huh. the wedding. I love it. I love it. But other than that, that's it. No, she seems like she's mostly just playing delightful characters. And we do have that moment there. He walks in like, what side of the rainbow are we on? Like, 
<laughs> really coach i mean yeah he seems awfully cynical all of a sudden i'm like i'm sorry um like we have a black actor in this that we don't really mention anything about it's not a character trait that he's black we no. have you know we earlier on I mean, he, he says native burial ground he doesn't even say indian burial ground it's, right that this movie is pretty progressive oh man then, i'm gonna be completely honest until you were just now saying this, I didn't realize he was making a munchkin joke. I thought he was just talking about like what weird, wacky, no, I think like, he's making thing are we doing fun of now? her for being short. Oh, wow. I didn't even pick up on or, that. I don't know. Maybe I'm just. No, I mean, that makes more sense. That makes more sense than I was just thinking. He was just like, you know, what kind of, you know, weird. What are we doing now? You know, <laughs> what else? What else? No, I, I think this might also her seeing what she's expl- just explaining everything that happened. You know, Yeah, just, she knows it all. There's so many of these types of scenes mm-hmm. in in movie, and they can go one way or the other. And hers was great. I, she had me hands she, on my chair. Really, she was riveting. Um, I mean, it was better than anything from Ghostbusters, they, where they do the same type of scenes where they just Egon comes in and just explains, okay, here's everything that's happened for the entire movie and why, or any of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer sitting in the in the school library scenes <laughs> where Giles just. Exp- just four minutes of here's everything that's happened and here's what we need to do next. And it's, yeah, I loved her scene. It, it's really, really powerful. She's, I'm going to say, weirdly genteel. Mm-hmm. She made me think a little bit of Leslie Jordan. Like I thought the exact same Southern thing. accent. Yes. And, um, but then she has the mom who's now all in white um, kneel before her. I mean, really, because she's saying she's short and I, you know, I want to, but she still has her kneel before her. Everyone gets down on her level and like she, she tells us this whole thing. Um, I'm going to be honest when she's talking, like she's talking about where Carol Ann is and all of this, she's like, there's a dark, dark presence. And she says the beast, like, I literally got a little bit of chills, like the way she, she gave the line. And we really have not been talking specific yet. Like mm-hmm. This is, this is now when we're getting specific that there's an entity not that there's just you know just this just presence ghosts, you know, or, or something but there's something specific there's there are these ghosts but these ghosts are not really causing the problem so much the ghosts are just trying to get on their merry way they're confused like carolan is 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 great but the reason and it really has a freddy vibe to it i i really i wrote this down as we get later into all the the house transformation really nightmare on elm street owes a lot of its oh, it design does. to this it too does, yeah. so this really is um a huge collection where a, a lot of horror franchises or just spooky franchises going forward really look back and, and take some essences of this in a lot of places um so then yeah, I mean, I think they do a really good job, and she, they they set up a game plan. They figure out they they go into the the room where you know where now everything's like flashing and portally, but it's it, it is the portal. The portal's a little weird. Like the figuring out, like it goes in the closet and out the ceiling. Like I I don't know. It was kind of funny, but I, okay. It definitely felt like they had a new toy. Like let's play with it a little. Yeah, let's, see, let's like, play with it a few times before we actually go in. You know. I think the upside down owes a little bit of a debt to, Abs- to this as well. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that idea and kind of the way that the the yeah the whole set design of the upside down looks, um, and then we've got you know so we've labeled some baseballs because we wanted to test this out. I'm trying to think of what other movie that reminds me of. Um, so they throw the baseball in the closet. It comes down and it's super gross, but it's the right letter or right it's, number. It's the right letter, right number. It's his handwriting. It says kiss my ass. <laughs> 
It's like, yes. <laughs> I love it. And they're finally basically going to do what the kid suggested at the very beginning. He Just did. tie a rope around me and I'll go get her and you pull me out. I yeah, mean- <laughs> that's what he suggested. And that's what they do in the underground, in the, the upside down. Yeah. That's exactly what they do in the upside down too. Um, so yeah, way to go kid. He He's dialed in. Right. He, he, he got a little... A little essence of something that maybe that's going to come back, you know, in in the second one. I don't know because I think he is in more than one. I think so. Um, so then, you know, rope, I said rope got icky. Um, before that, I have that you know Zelda Rubenstein was going to go. Mm-hmm. Like, like you've never done this before. You said that. I'm like yeah, you're right. You go. That yeah, was, I really do. That was that was a great tension reliever too. right there because things were just ramping up, ramping up. Like, yeah, you go. It's such a Spielbergian. It was way hilarious. Of it was hilarious. So they tie the rope. She like again. She's all in white, kind of sacrificially. And I was like, I. It was really kind of emotional. And I think that it was because of what we saw with Craig T and Joe Beth earlier, in you know, in the bedroom scene where they're just kind of having their relationship. They're close. They're they have this special, and the the real like fear. And like love that they have in this moment, it it really transcends. It, it it's way above its pay, like you know, pay grade for this type of movie. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. but it it really is. And so then you know she she goes, and then I, I get a little. We, we we talked about this in the moment. So then Zelda Rubenstein's like talking, and she's saying like telling everyone to go to the light. And Craig T's like getting all upset. He's like, wait, no. And I think he he thinks they've been hoodwinked somehow. But I think it made total sense to me. Yeah, like, tell everybody to go to the light. All the all the other guys go to the light. And they're like, Caroline, like, no, 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 wait, wait, hang on, stop. Like, not you, not you, not you. <laughs> you know, it makes sense. Well, but she didn't, That she's not saying that in the moment. Like, they're saying that, they, they go through this whole rigmarole about the light and Caroline should go to it or not to it and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Um, and they told her to go to it. And then mom is saying, okay, now stop you know, don't. And she goes and Craig T is holding the rope. And now Zelda saying, she's making a broad statement. All right, everyone, you know, go. And I thought she's just talking to the other ghosts. Like, I don't know why he feels like now his family is in jeopardy due to that. But he is, he does feel that way for some reason. And for some reason he does something that's too early. I don't know if he starts to like pull back. Um, and it brings this giant, like, skeleton face, um, which is, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't the scariest thing. It I don't, was scary enough. It was scary enough. It was unexpected, but then... It didn't look anything like the Beast later, when the Beast was like a weird kind of bird dog monster skeleton thing. Yeah, so, we, uh, well, we have a lot of different yeah. genres of things happening, I think. Um, so then... So he, I guess he starts pulling from the closet like out of the closet and that's when she's saying it's too soon as if she's never done this before like because i expected her to say well i have like because that's why she knows everything that's happening and that's why she knows this is what we're gonna do and this is how we're gonna know and this, and like nope we're all we're all running, winging it here <laughs> flying by the seat of her pants um and so then carol ann just winging an exorcism that usually goes well <laughs> yes exactly well as we see um <laughs> You know, then mom and Carol Ann, you know, fall through the portal downstairs and they're icky and gross and not breathing. So they're trying to get them brought back and they are. And then Zelda says, the house is clean. And I was like, 
Nah, we still have too much time, I'm pretty sure, for the right. house to truly be clean. I wrote, they brought something back with them. I was wrong, but that's... Um, not necessarily. No, I think they just, like, disturbed another cemetery and, like, just having a whole new <laughs> group of pissed-off ghosts that went to that that house for some reason, even though that house had nothing to do with... Well, I don't think they started moving that other cemetery yet. I think it was. I think it was the same day. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it, pretty close. Um, he had just come back. Yeah, he just come back from having the conversation, mm-hmm. so they hadn't started any of that yet. But so then we've got. Oh, then they're madly. I mean, Craig T is like packing a moving truck so fast. <laughs> Um, Joe Beth has got some white streaks in her hair now from coming back from her experience. It looks pretty cool. It does. It does. Very Nancy, uh, if you will. Yeah. From, so. Very, very Nancy um, from Nightmare on Elm Street. Many years before. Right. Because we had that whole conversation about Rogue. Um, and then, you know, so uh, Date asked her to do something. She's like, what? You don't like it? You don't think it looks kind of punk? Um, <laughs> which was fun. So then... Then, you know, Craig T's gone to sort out some stuff. They're going to be leaving the house. I thought they weren't going to be staying the night, but he was coming back pretty late for them not to be staying the night in the house. Um, But everybody's, again, maybe, okay, you got a relief, but given that nobody has done this before, um, I'm a little, everyone just totally back to normal. Like, we're going to go, kids are back in that room, both their beds being put to bed. Mom's going to dye, dye her hair and have a relaxing moment in the tub, which I'm sure, you know, she doesn't get her moment. No, but they, they have a, a line in there of everything's packed, but my bed, but they still have the demon clown out. Like they have a ton of stuff out. They still have tons of boxes. They, they still have like, yeah, there's tons of stuff. Like, pack the demon clown first. Sorry. Burn the demon clown. <laughs> Burn it. Yeah. So then, because I thought early on, you know, the demon clown, because the demon clown, nothing really happens to the demon clown early. Oh, it comes back with a It vengeance. comes back. And I was like, oh, man, because I truly, personally, have a little bit of, like, I, I do wake up in the middle of the night. I don't know if it's, like, a little bit of sleep paralysis but we'll like see something, you know, whether it's like the pillows that we took off the bed and said, I will see something. Sometimes I think it's a cat, like kind of weirdly positioned. Sometimes it's something that just kind of moves slowly, but I know it's not. And I have to get up when I can and touch it. That happens very frequently. There've been times, you know, we've had cats and I'd wake up and I'd think I'd see them like on top of a high piece of furniture that they couldn't possibly be on. Like, well, maybe they finally figured it out. Um, and would have to get up and like physically see that. No, it's just this other group of things that have formed, melded into this. So I was like, man, if this is going to be a movie of that, like waking up and I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to have a tough time. Um, but it, it, it wasn't, it, it wasn't enough of that. Um, no, but it was just, a, it, you expect a demon clown, you get a demon clown. Right. There's, there's no, there's no pillow that looks like a demon clown. It's just, just demon clowns. No, I mean, we have Demon Con sitting in possessed Violent chairs. Jerry would be proud. Sorry. <laughs> it's true. But yeah, Demon Con sitting in possessed chairs, sitting at the edge of the bed. Why Why is that kitchen? Watch, watching you sleep? Uh, what else do Demon Clowns do but watch you sleep? <laughs> well, but like, like I said, they're moving. Why is that chair upstairs? Why Why is he not packed? Like, wh- it was never sitting there before. Why? Why, why, why? why? Um, but then, yeah, then it... it it gets possessed in some sort of way and tries to choke him and take him out of the bed. 
Good shot, though, where he's looking under the bed and then comes back up and the clown's right behind him. Yeah, yeah. that was a good, good fake out. Isn't that one of the board games that uh, Allison Hannigan's dad is developing in How I Met Your Mother? <laughs> it's like, demon clown, it's under your bed. <laughs> Probably always has so. the worst. They're hilarious. <laughs> oh, man, Chris Elliott. So then, you know, he's getting choked. It like wraps its hands, arm, its very long arm wraps around his neck and he's getting choked. And he's pulled under the bed, but he's like giving it, it the way he's, oh, yeah, he's, he's punching it. When he, fi- he finally gets up and um, pulls it up and is like pulling the stuffing out of it. He's like, I've always hated you. <laughs> like, whoa, we're really unpacking some stuff here. Um, but then, but yeah, like I, I when like, I was oh, a, great. Caroline's going to get sucked into the closet again. Yeah, I mean, like, I, it kind of did feel a little derivative. Um, like, we've already done this. Um, then all the skeletons. Ooh, it, see, I, I, for some reason, I knew that was a part of this. Um, but yeah, so we have mom. Mom gets, like, glued glued to the wall, like, going up and around the ceiling. With, I was, just want to fly. <laughs> put your arms around. Or, like, Sorry. a little, like, ooh, what a feeling. <laughs> um so she can't get to them. She hears them screaming. They're, like, that must have been a huge set, though. I mean, yeah, you know, the, the Sugar Ray thing is just a little bitty bitty set. But it's man. a high, high was high ceilings. Yeah, well, the whole house is 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 pretty big and intricate. We got a lot but of that whole thing is rotating. I mean, you know, that, mm-hmm. that's how they film that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it is huge. Think about it. Um, so they, she's somehow then she ends up outside, and she's falling into the pool. The, like she thought that. Carol Ann was in the, in the pool. Right, exactly. And that's what I, I wrote down. Like, that was her nightmare about, Ke- but it, that's where she ends up um, in the mud and the muck. And then, like, all of these, like, bodies are popping up, all these skeletons, these coffins are popping up. And yeah, she's trying to get out of the pool and can't. And then finally, like, no good, you know, worthless neighbor comes and helps her. But they're like, what's going on? Like, like all the lights are flashing, like you know, the dead rising from their graves, the skeletons and coffins everywhere. Like, huh? You know, he's like got his umbrella, like you know, and his wife, like, what's going on? Like, those are your children, Charlie, and she's like, help me, and they're like, no, mm-hmm. no, no, we are not going to do that. I'm surprised they came over anyway. But then they run in. She runs back in. She's trying to pull them. She gets she gets them pulled. They don't get sucked into the closet, and then they're trapped they're trying to get out of the house there's just coffins and things popping up everywhere i mean she's there i mean oh i know i guess she just keeps getting pushed away from that door like things get you're like surrounding the door and then she gets like pushed down the stairs and the stairs just kind of get electrocuted and shock her back and she's trying to figure out another way but then craig t runs up and it's like you know it's like a haunted house literally you know when you walk up in a haunted house you've got the flashing lights and this and that all going on and you know he runs in he but he can't run in you know there's coffins popping up everywhere out of they the do lawn stop when a coffin starts to pop up and just like take another route they can just run past the coffin like the, the skeletons don't really do anything besides it's just sort they of really fall don't. out and, it, and there's you got about three or four seconds once the coffin starts coming through the floorboards before it's going to get all the way up door open and skeleton fall out you could have got around it in that time you could you could but Everything's been a little different, it's, so you don't know exactly what's going to pop out of this one. Let's that's be, true. That's let's true. be fair. Um, yeah, they, the the skeletons have just been kind of gross. They haven't been re- really reaching. Um, they've been sur- like just surrounding, and that's where. Um, oh, that's another. Okay, I, I did write down. I thought that was very like Raiders. Oh yeah, it's a very Spielbergian thing. Is just looking over and I'm next to a skeleton mm-hmm. or I'm on a skeleton or a skeleton 
fell on me. That must, yeah, Spielberg must have some some skeleton he issues. He must, he must. I feel like there's another scene in another movie, though, that it's like um, skeletons like that, but they aren't really there. Is that... It's like someone like all around is like being surrounded. Like it's like they're screaming and then, but then they're not actually there. I feel like I know the gist of what you're talking about, but it's not immediately coming okay. to me. If I think about it, well, I'll throw it in. But, but yeah, so then we, then we have the actual thing being said. It's like, you moved, you didn't move the bodies. You just moved the headstones. Like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and you should have punched him in the face. Like, so then they're running, trying to get in the car. There's like coffin, like bodies being launched at their car. Man, he cannot I have Craig T and keys and pockets. No bueno. Nobody keeps their keys in their back pockets, dude. I mean, but I he's know trying. you're stressed. I know you're stressed, but nobody keeps their key in their back pocket. When, if you like, sat on that, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the first time you sit down, you're going to stop doing that. But he's just like checking all his pockets. He can't get in the car. He gets in the car. Like I was sure the car wasn't going to fire up on the first try. I was certain of it. That is such a great horror trope. And it, oh, it right. did. Like it, like it big time fired up. And they're backing out. I'm surprised they didn't back over their neighbors because everybody's coming to their houses now. Because mm-hmm. um, all, I mean, I would have thought because well, their house got swallowed by a hell portal. Huh? Like not yet. Not yet. <laughs> I mean, it's still it's there. Starting to. It's it's still there when they are pulling out. There's like exploding corpses yeah, like flying, coming out of everywhere. There's exploding corpses. Like, I don't know what I just said. Exploding corpses coming out of other people's exploding yards. Exploding corpses, huh? Exploding corpses. Yeah, okay. but yeah, <laughs> something like that. Um, but that's happening in other people's yards too. So people are other people are starting to notice, like like what the hell's on my lawn? Um, <laughs> Why is there jets of flames shooting out of my sprinkler system? So then you know something shoots out hits dude um hits a bunch of other people knocks them down and then then the house gets pulled to hell and dude you could just tell he's like man i'm gonna lose a lot of money like that's all that's the only reaction you really get he's just like man um then we go to holiday inn craig t still having trouble with keys (laughs) can't find the keys to the hotel room they go in he pushes the TV on a cart out into that the, the breezeway. Great. That was oh my goodness, so that was good. And and end scene. And we pull back. Well, we not really because we kind of pull back on the holiday inn. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed the lights dancing in the kind of in the kind of dirty windows of the holiday inn. Very reminiscent of the early part where the kind of the lights were coming down the stairs and Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean I did do you think it was supposed to be I think it was a throwback. I think it was okay. a visual cue to kind of give us a, a bookend. Okay. Okay. Yeah, great scene. Um, I have the only other thing I have is: can you get to hell through a flat screen monitor, or do you need mm. do you need some you know you need a little bit of of space back there for things to brew for. I mean, I don't know if the, would the ring work with a flat screen monitor where the girls climbing out would. would I don't know. Well, well, would even work for like a DVD. I mean, we got VHSs. Um, that that's you watch a videotape, and that's how the ring happens. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, it seems like vacuum tubes might have something to do with with that. Uh, also, too, um, paranormal guy does does tell us like, you know, the basically the dead channel. There's like a lo- something is tuning into the antenna, right? Like there, it's space. Basically, it's space for anything to latch onto and communicate because there's not already 
um, space, you know, something being broadcast. So there's something to that technology too that mm-hmm. no longer exists. I mean, they still make antennas, but uh, I think your parents have one. Maybe they do. Like a modern antenna, so we could. Yeah, they're they're gonna tempt fate with that, but <laughs> <laughs> there's no antennas nowhere around here. I don't I don't think demons can get into Bluetooth or, or into Wi-Fi. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's no Wi-Fi demons. They got into your drive-through. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did at my uh, practice location at our drive-through. We had some crazy Russians that hacked our system and we're talking to uh talking to cars in our drive-through so that's my life yay well they did find it, like it's not actually russians but it's, it probably so. wasn't russians they, they feel like russians couldn't have gotten in they feel like it's a closed system just like i feel that wi-fi can't be infiltrated by demons so okay. we're just gonna go to bed tonight that's and everybody's that. just gonna continue on with, with thinking that exactly <laughs> it's just easier than, than it is admitting of course the other is possible yes all right, so I feel like Wi-Fi demons could definitely be the plot of a Japanese animated film, though. For sure, what does a Wi-Fi demon look like? I feel like it's kind of cute and squishy. I don't know. Oh, I was thinking of like Ghost in the Shell style anime. Oh. I wasn't. I wasn't even thinking of cute little. Wi- <laughs> Yours is better. I don't like like Totoro. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yours is way better. <laughs> little friendly wood spirits that are now there's no more woods, so now they're in the Wi-Fi. They're just gonna yeah, they're nymphy. I love it. Um, all right. So yeah, Halloween. Um, this is one that honestly I didn't, I mean, it was, it had some scary moments. It had some like creepy moments, but it was kind of nice to see one. Like there really was no violence and no right. one it was, was just a slow build mm-hmm. of tension and terror with enough humor in it that it lets you go a little bit here and then ratchet it right back up. And yeah, two hours of just masterful, masterful filmmaking. It was yeah, it was great. I think the the pace was great, the tone was great. Um, I really did yeah appreciated really. I do kind of feel like that the Cronenberg type horror body horror was a little hammered in because it, we really didn't see anything like that anywhere else. I feel like Toby Hooper probably you know that's probably in his contract. He gets he gets <laughs> one uh you know one creepy. You know, gory Just scene gross, or something. Because yeah. I, because that's that's something I don't really appreciate. I don't love a gross, gory film, and um, I like that there. I was also listening to a podcast the other day and talking about like the like different slasher movies and stuff, and you know, a lot of it, it's you know, we we're really rooting toward for the villain for the most part. That's why they're the the tentpole for the movies, and there was no, you know, there was no. I don't know what the threat of violence. I don't really feel like there was ever a threat of violence. Like once we got going, I knew no one was going to be terribly hurt or mm. killed. I really didn't think that was going to happen. So that I appreciated that. It let me enjoy it more. Yes. Yes. I mean, do you want to get any more into the curse or do you want to just kind of leave that where it lies? Or? Um, We can talk a little bit about that. I mean, that's, I think, honestly, that's one of the reasons why this was forbidden is that, you know, this, this movie, this franchise really um, has this, you know, overlying the poltergeist curse. I mean, you guys can look it up. There's We've got six actors from the films died in between the release of the first and the release of the fourth film. Uh, we've got Dominic Dunn very tragically strangled in her driveway by an ex-boyfriend in a domestic violence situation uh, a sham of a trial yeah it's 
sentenced to very little and ends up serving about two and a half, three years. Uh, her mother heavily involved in the victims' rights movements and heavily involved in a lot of legislation that has, mm-hmm. uh, honestly, if, you, if you're if you into true crime and listen to a lot of true crime podcasts, a lot of that legislation is kind of thought to be very problematic now, but came from a very real place of pain and came from a miscarriage of justice and has maybe caused other miscarriages of justices in the, in the other. It's tough. I mean, over you know, you've got overcorrection on a lot of this stuff, but I was reading on it as well that it's like, you know, there were some te- tes- um, testimonies that were not allowed to be His seen. Prior domestic yeah. violence stuff was not allowed to be seen, and you know it's not like in movies when you strangle somebody, it takes a long time. Yeah, yeah, you have you have a. It's not something you just lose your mind and you just do, and it's no. like it just happens, you know, quickly and like oh, oh damn, you know, and which kind of what it sounds like he kind of said it's like, well, I blew it, I killed right. her. It's not like a Chuck Norris movie where you just hold someone and they go limp and then you set them down and no, you know, and and then they're dead. You got to hold on for minutes and it's just not fun. No, it's terrible. And then we have two actors, kind of the bad guy and the Native American guy, the chief from um from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Okay. Both passed away before the second movie was released. And then the third movie we have, the Heather O'Rourke passed away of an intestinal uh, issue before it was released. So, Yeah, I mean, that's that's bad stuff. I mean, and I, I did read too, like for a while, you know, I thought was like everyone died, that there might, there was actually like some sort of mechanical error with the clown and that Robbie was actually killed mm. um, or that, that he died in a, a car accident. And, and it's like, obviously not everyone was killed. Craig T. Nelson, Joe Beth Williams, um, I guess uh, Tom Skerritt's in one of these movies. He's, he's in the third one. Yeah. None of the original cast really comes back except for Heather O'Rourke and, yeah, I mean, the, the two that died from the second one were both terminally ill before and, and knew it before the film happened. Uh, I read somewhere that a lot of people thought that the use of real human skeletons was the cause of the curse. I have. I did not read that today, but now that you say that, I've heard that. But then the prop guy was like, you can say that all you want, and that's great, but you're just ignoring how movies are made. <laughs> And real human skeletons are extremely cheap and fake ones are extremely expensive. And so pretty much every time you see a skeleton in a movie, it's probably a real human skeleton. Oh, wow. That's creepy. It's like 200 bucks for a human skeleton, whereas, you know, to make a resin one costs a lot of money. <laughs> but, but but it would seem like a resin one would be more durable and you could, use, like, hold on to them. It doesn't seem like once you, like, are fooling around with a bunch of human skeletons, they're going to stay articulated as well. But that's... That's neither here nor there, but that's macabre, very macabre. (laughs) It is very macabre to think about that. I mean, you know, when you hear about that, the human skeleton in the, it was an upstate New York haunted house that was a real skeleton. Yeah. Somebody had actually just died there. Yeah. There's a lot of that. how macabre that is. But then you think like, yeah, in every movie you see when you see a skeleton, it's just actually a skeleton. So that's weird. You can take that with you. (laughs) But that's, I mean, that's pretty much really what I had. Um, I, I think this is a great movie. Um, it's one that has honestly, I've been a little bit more afraid of than I should have been. Um, Aged pretty well. It did. Yeah. Better than a lot of movies from its time. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I enjoyed the experience. It's a, I, I don't think it tops the others for me for kind of the best haunted house movie. I've never seen the others, uh, but I would say it's now it's number two. Okay. Wow. So, and I could see if you wanted to make an argument, that to you you like it better than the others i could i could i'd hear you but i haven't seen it so i don't have a point of comparison but um 
No, I think it was great. Yeah. And it, it was perfectly what it was. Scary, spooky, not too violent, not too, not too gross. A little gross out for the, you know, for the, for the one weirdo kid that likes the gross stuff. There's a little bit of gross stuff. A little bit for you. You know, good, good humor. A couple of swear words at the beginning that, you know, Stephen King loves to have somebody just swear a little bit just because it's funny. Uh, (laughs) That is, he's even said that in Jaws. Oh, Steven Spielberg? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he loves that. And um, yeah, so, so we're not gonna go deeper on this one we're gonna go straight into our into our next series yeah we're gonna get right into kind of prepping for prepping for holiday season kind of you know giving us a little bit of a break from that you know we'll we'll hit you up with some some holiday movies come time um but next time we're going to go slap dash wade into the middle of sexy thrillers from when we were in high school that we couldn't see, but other people could. We're going to Wild Things. There we go. So get ready for that and uh, come to come to the mid-90s with us. We're, we're, we're done with the 80s here for, for a week or two, and we'll catch up on going deeper on Wild Things for anything that we, we missed on this. All right. Uh, happy Halloween, everybody. Yes, it's, be safe. We need to get some candy because kids are going to start coming here in like an hour or two. <laughs> so we got to get to the store. Um, be safe. Have a good time. Trick or treat. Bye, guys. Halloween. All right. Bye. Sorry, we're back. Forgot to do the uh, the plugs. Yeah, so follow us on Instagram, Forbidden Cinema. Send us your stories, Forbidden Cinema Podcast at gmail.com. And yeah, we want to know what you think. Um, Rate, review, subscribe, all those things. We're having a good time. Hopefully you are too. And we will see you soon. Thanks, guys. Happy Halloween, fools. Yes.